Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. We also have two lovely guests. Introduce thyselves. <laughs> Sweet guests. We'll start with the guest over here. I'm, I'm pointing and you can't see, but... I'm Brandy Bird. Oh, <laughs> Angie B. Bird. Yeah. Gracing us with their sweet presence today. Exactly. I'm Lindsay Nixon, also known in the UAT in space canon as Femdian. That's right. Yeah. Femdian has come once again. Yes, we are being <laughs> revisited. <laughs> Reawakened, reinvigorated. So excited. <laughs> so excited. This is going to be a fun one. It is. Uh, although I think we're all like a little emotionally destroyed from that one. Yeah. Yes. It was really intense, right? Yeah, I cried multiple times. Sure. I, I like didn't because I refused to feel. I I, <laughs> I, I like, um, I decided I was going to be really masculine about it and just like, just take all of those feelings and just like shove them down unhealthily. Cool. How's that going to come out later? Smellily. <laughs> Feel it. You can feel the rumbling oh, yeah, yeah. already of those oh, feelings. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's bad when you when you when you shove your feelings down, they come out somewhere. Yeah, maybe that's why men often spend so long in the bathroom. Oh my god, they really do. Like so long, <laughs> they're just like dealing with all the feelings that they have like repressed. Yeah, wow. patriarchy gives you indigestion. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Okay. Cool. <laughs> right. So housekeeping stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got a bit. But it's good. It's like not housekeeping. It's like the housekeeping where you're like really motivated and you put on really sweet tunes and you're just like dancing around with like your mop or whatever. That kind of housekeeping. Yeah. I've seen it on movies. It happens to me once every year or three or five. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so one of the things that we've been thinking about and talking about lately for Métis in Space is how to make it as accessible as possible. We really like the podcasting format because of its accessibility. However, we realize that people who are deaf can't access the podcast, obviously, because it's an audio format. So uh, to try to address that, um, we've, like, figured transcription was the way to go, and a lot of uh, folks have stepped up to volunteer to do that transcription work for us, because we don't have any money. (laughs) Yeah, and also, it's, like, an incredible amount of work. I Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's, like, like, for one audio hour uh, of transcription, it can be, like, up to three to four hours of of work. Yeah, and that's, like... I've seen it go up to like five or six, right. depending. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, big, big, huge, massive shout out oh, to yeah. everybody who's stepped up to do that work. That it means a lot uh, to us to see the community come together to make this as accessible as possible. Especially like after all the like terrible nerd shit that goes on. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is this is good, good, good nerd shit. Plus, I really, really love. I, I was reading some of the transcripts and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the gift that keeps giving because we record it and we think we're hilarious. We listen to it a million times after we. Think 
think we're hilarious. And then we get to read it and, and they, they know hilarious. and know we're hilarious. Yeah. Although right they're in front of us. We had that moment where we're like, wait, did I say this or did Molly say this? And it was a bit confusing and neither yeah. of us were actually sure. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to review all of the transcripts. Uh, oh, and, like, depth. have some debates about yeah, who says yeah. what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I think... They're in full Wakoda tin hive mind. Yeah. yeah. Totally. They finish each other's <laughs> sentences. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, if you, if you want to get involved, you're like, I love transcribing because I am the masochist who uh, yeah. wants my wrists Just kidding. It's, but it's it's actually really cool uh, yeah. if, if you're into that. Uh, but if you if you want to get involved in, and help out with that, uh, you can either email us or send us a direct message on our Twitter, and we'll get you set up with everything that you need. Uh, so we're helping to have those transcripts out kind of over the summer. We're not mm-hmm. pushing people on timelines or anything, so you can work at your own pace. Um, and yeah, it's not like we're paying you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we would love to at some point. And um, Indian and Cowboy uh, did mention that they might be have some money for transcriptions later on, but we, we kind of like didn't want to wait. So yeah, yeah, we don't really know. Um, but yeah, so transcriptions, amazing. Mm-hmm. So exciting. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's doing that. Uh, and you can expect those as soon as as soon as they start rolling in, um, we'll look them over and, and have them up on our website. It'll be as timely as all of our work. Yes, <laughs> that is to say, what? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what did we? What are we drinking today? Oh gosh. Okay, I love this. All right. So Molly picked up the best wine. Um, it's called Synchronicity. It is the Police Red Wine Blend 2013. It's the Police. It's the, the Police. Wine. The wine. I saw it from afar and I was like, Who would make wine for cops? Like, yeah. What kind of monster? And then I went, then I saw Sting's face and I was yeah. like, Wait. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bunch of like pictures in the front, like really artistic poses with like Sting sort of lovingly looking back over his shoulder at his own huge head which is like pressed up against a skull wow. there's like him it's looking deep. between ribs oh it's yeah it's super deep okay so uh red wine blend from mendocino county it says with one breath with one flow you will know synchronicity uh the police's classic synchronicity serves as inspiration for this custom crafted red wine blend fill your gas <laughs> fill your gas fill your glass again turn up the music and share the taste of synchronicity um produced and bottled by wines that rock vineyards so i guess there's like a whole like they probably cater to like all the it's probably the same one that does like the grateful dead and like everybody else okay what's your dream band wine like if any of any band that you love could have a wine what would your dream band wine be it's not a band but prince because i feel like it would have a lot of flavor also definitely be a shiraz yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) also you definitely have to eat it or drink it with a romantic dinner. Yes. Very fancy romantic dinner. And like dinner. purple cauliflower. Yes. Yes. Purple everything. <laughs> purple everything. No. How about you? Hmm. <laughs> On the spot. I can't think of any. I honestly like, I don't know. Because I, I think about like, you know, bands that I like, rocking out, smelling like sweat, sweating. And I'm like, do I want to drink that? Like, I can't think of a taste that I would associate with a band that I would actually want in my mouth. Mm. I just like that there's actually the drops of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Train wine. Yeah. yeah. So your train wine already exists. It's it's that's incredible. Yeah. What a beautiful world. We're living the life. I can't believe they call the drops from Jupiter. Drops of so Jupiter. Drops of Jupiter. Oh. It's like <laughs> essence of Ood. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they strain it through women's hair, right? Because it's drops of Jupiter in her hair. Right, right. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's how it goes. That would be disgusting. <laughs> Very authentic. Yes. Um, okay. What did we uh, watch? What are we watching? Molly? 
Uh, we watched um, Westworld because everybody was talking about it, mm. and it seemed really exciting. And we were like, we got to be topical. We got to be really topical this time and not pretend to be topical, but then not release the episode for like six months. This time, <laughs> we're getting on it. Yeah, it's totally going to be released right away. Yes, definitely. <laughs> not uh, like next year. So it's Westworld Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, and Chelsea, what is it about? Uh, okay, so it's... it's uh, the synopsis is so strange. It just said a heart is taken following a departure, mm. which Chelsea described as cryptic, which I think I feel like makes a lot of sense because none of us had ever watched the show. Yeah. Uh, so we went in and for about the first two thirds to three quarters, we were like, what the hell is happening? And what is what it is called? It's on? Kixia. Is that the, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's the thing is like nobody at this table. Um, or am I wrong? Have, have any of us really watched much of this? No. no. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I watched like the original movie back in the day, like not at the time I was a fetus, but like the Yule Brenner classic. So I kind of knew a little bit about it, but I that's feel like I've been talking about Yule Brenner so much in the past couple of days. I know. And how it like brings me such a joy. What a life. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like dating like really older women and like he, he ran off and joined the Marley, circus. Not even just older women, but Marlene Dietrich. Yeah. 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 you got to be some kind of honey Ooh. to be dating Marlene Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, going to Paris and, like, fighting Nazis and stuff. And joining a circus. Yeah, it was wild. It was a nice bald head. Yeah. yeah. My favorite joke is because he's Russian, so I was joking that he came across the land bridge to Hollywood. <laughs> 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 Which, like, I've been patting myself on the back with that for, like, three days. So you're welcome, world. <laughs> Honestly, the ghost of Yelbrenner was not in this show. Which is too bad. I know. It is too bad. But that's because he's in my heart. Mm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's, let's get started. So the opening credits were interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. Various on a buffalo question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ambiguous <laughs> buffalo. What was up? What was up with that buffalo? So situation? there was like three D printed, mm-hmm. yeah. and like the okay. So it was in like one of those, like like, like it almost looked like a like a womb, mm-hmm. but it was being three D printed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought oh, that was really shit. I didn't fucking that. creepy yeah. and beautiful. I and then at the end, it was like falling from the yeah. sky. Yeah, and between like figures, wasn't like, yeah. there like figures on the other side? Yeah. I wonder if like earlier episodes go more into the construction process oh, of I'm these sure. creatures mm-hmm. or robots or yeah, so replicants or whatever. Because you see, you see them sort of printing off body parts, you know, and the whole human beings, including babies, and you know, and then this buffalo. Yeah. Over and over again. And I'm assuming the buffalo is in every opening credit, but maybe it's just for this one. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. All right. Um, then what do we see? Uh, it opens up to a guy just, like, obviously very injured, dragging himself to the bank of a stream. He's, like, this old white guy. Mm-hmm. All in black. It turns out that it's Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh Looking real gnarly. Mm. Real rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's telling himself, like, you're not dying here. Uh, like trying to convince Psych himself. himself. Yeah. Yeah. And then like he sort of back to life and then he like passes out. Right. Yeah. And then we get the Indian on the horse. Yeah. He was like talking to him and like he spoke to him in Lakota and then he, something he said back, I was like, what is going on? He was like, whatever tongue Ford saw it fit to give you is not one that I learned. Mm. And he yes. was talking about the Lakota. And I was like, who is this maker? It's like all yeah. these levels of colonialism. Also, it made me think of like Henry Ford. Mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it is Henry I Ford. I know, right? Mm. Like, that would be so messed up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it was like given the language by the white robot maker. Mm. And also the fact that the Lakota man can speak English. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's like wild to me, and I don't even know what kind of conclusions I could draw from that. But it seems really 
Interesting. Mm. It's hashtag reconciliation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll like <laughs> when you all die out, we'll bring you back as robots and give you your language. Give you back. your language. Yeah. Now you could, now you're fluent speakers. Like, aren't we great? That was that went dark real fast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We're, um, keep it up here. Keep okay, it up so, here. But I, I appreciate the aesthetic. Okay, so we've got. Okay, so if you haven't figured it out by now, and if you haven't seen this, um, the the majority of the show is actually in Lakota, which is mm. friggin' amazing. Really cool. Um, so this character uh, Akichita. So uh, that sounds like Ogichida to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking, like so, if 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 it's similar to Ojibwe and Cree, then they're basically his name is the warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's like he's all painted in white, except for the top of his top part of his head is like in black. He's got like these two bloody handprints on either side of his like his neck and lower jaw, mm-hmm. you know, and some a few clothes going on. He's looking real real badass, yeah. To use the French, yeah. The as- <laughs> I thought the aesthetic was in general pretty good throughout this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't like you, you don't really see a whole lot for it's it's such an interesting mix of um like because the whole episode flashes back and forth between uh, the land uh where Aki's <laughs> living and then this kind of laboratory um that you know as people who haven't watched the show we don't really get a good sense of like who the people that work in the laboratory yeah. are what their motivations are yeah. except um, tessa thompson's there yeah yes yeah. tessa thompson shows up the end. that's like tessa thompson yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do now we know we know that and, and it's not just jumping between scenes it's jumping between time like mm. it takes us a while mm. as we go through this to understand that years are passing like yeah. many years and so when uh when the main character is sort of like flashing back to different times like it's 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 like there's a lot of time travel going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. at least a decade that yeah. we love. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think a lot more than a decade because when they first bring him in, he's been out there for a decade, yeah. and then he, when they release him, he—that's when he goes forward on on this mission to spread mm-hmm. the truth. And so it seems like he lives like it's a long time after that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I felt about the aesthetic, or like when they brought him back, the the scientists talked about reprogramming him mm-hmm. to make him more savage, mm-hmm. so that the mm-hmm. people who are playing the game or who were in the park would feel less bad about beating and killing him potentially. Yeah. So I do wonder if those like warrior aesthetics were something that they ascribed to him to make him seem more savage. I had the same thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also the fact that they were like talking about him in the laboratory as like living this peaceful, boring pastoral yeah. life. Yeah. And like living as a noble savage basically mm-hmm. in this western world. They wanted the savage savage. They wanted mm-hmm. the savage yeah. savage. Yeah. But I found it really interesting because by the end of the episode once he's spread uh, sort of like his gospel of, of the truth um, his whole community takes up that aesthetic mm-hmm. right because first it's, it's like, like it seems resistance. yeah it seems like they separate him from his community um, and then ascribe onto him this like warrior mentality that mm-hmm. he then throws off for a while and then picks it back up when he yeah. like, is building his resistance yeah. and when then brings other people nation. into it yeah the ghost, ghost nation yeah. 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 yeah yeah and so it, we don't and we don't realize it at the time, but when we're seeing him at the beginning of the show, he's already sort of like at the end of this journey. So it's he's back to reclaiming that as resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty confusing at first, mm-hmm. and obviously he was meant to be scary. Mm-hmm. So okay, so he drags gnarly Ed Harris to the <laughs> camp. There's a bunch of people there. Yeah, um, he's not going to kill him. There's like meat drying on racks, you know, teepees and stuff. He says he doesn't want to let this guy die easy, uh, so he just leaves him there. And then we see that there's like a little black girl that's also looks like she's a captive or whatever. She's just sitting there. Yeah. And then we then we go to the first flashback. 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is just, like, her and her mom and, like, like also living sort of, like, a beautiful pastoral existence, mm. like, he called domestic it a, scenes. He called it warm, easy life where oh, family yeah. was never far away. Nice, nice. Mm. And uh, she has, she gives her mom a rock with a painting on it, and the painting is the symbol of a human figure sort of surrounded by, it looks almost like a bit of a maze yeah. or something. And uh, its arm is raised, like, up one arm is raised up maybe to the head or something. It's yeah. And uh, she says, the little girl says to her mom, the ghost gave it to me. He said it's a warning. He said he'd be watching us. Mm. And the mom grabs it and the paint's still wet. Yeah, it looks like blood. So it like just, just happened. Yeah. Um, and she seems kind of freaked out by it. Uh, but the little As girl one would fine. be. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it flashes to the mom who's in this laboratory uh, who's like covered in blood and um, there's this like white guy with her who's trying to convince um, a surgeon, it looks like, who's performing surgery on another uh, being um, to save her. You can't let her die. She can control the other hosts with her fucking mind, uh, he says. And I think the hosts, like, I was kind of unclear. It seems like the hosts are just the, the robots. Yeah, like I the don't robot know. Population are the hosts. Well, yeah, because they they she's changing code, so that's what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, it could, it could be humans, right? So also what, what I noticed is that there's lights flashing, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's sort of panicked, and then um, the, the surgeon, he's like, he says that, they're, you know, did you forget or something, the robots tried to incinerate us, and yeah. so attacking the humans, I guess, so there, there was obviously just recently some sort of conflict between the robots and the humans, mm-hmm. and so they're kind of freaked out there, and he, he mentions that, uh, or the guy brings her in mentions he's the, she's the madame from the Mariposa. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mystery. Yeah. Uh, so then it flashes back um, to Aki, who walks up to this little girl uh, and, um, you know, is, is trying to build a rapport with her and says, you remember all the lives we've lived. I can, too. And mm-hmm. yeah. And he points to the guy who's still on the ground. And he's like, don't worry, he can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so then he to like introduce his story he says I once had a different path a peaceful home a love I would have died to protect mm-hmm. uh, and then I found something that changed all of our lives mm-hmm. yeah so we the, the flashback we see uh, is inside a teepee there's this woman sleeping on furs turns over you know smiles obviously the love it's, interest was that the woman who plays Pocahontas <laughs> in uh, that one kind of pretty new Pocahontas story culture? I, I checked no it's not I thought it was too yeah. and it isn't okay. yeah I just briefly saw her name flash at the end but it wasn't yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. This is the things were good farming, uh, or not farming. Family community also great hair. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Everybody's got such a gorgeous, gorgeous long hair. And we hear so he's like kind of walking, and we hear like gunshots and screams. Uh, it's kind of weird. And then he, we see a church and a horse standing there. And then we're kind of in a town, and there's dead people everywhere. And that's where he finds the the symbol, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know about. Y'all, but when he first walks into that saloon or whatever, there's just, like, this bottle of liquor and this, like, shot glass full of liquor. Mm. And I, like, I was sure that... There was someone there? No, I was sure that, like, they were going to make it... Like, the liquor was the thing that he found. Yeah. And then it was, like, one of those, like... Oh, that would be Bringing ruin onto yourself and your community through alcohol. I was, like... So sure that, that I was like, this is going to be effed up. Why did anybody like this yeah. show? Well, there are a few times throughout this show actually that I, I was kind of like, oh, don't go there, don't go yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. then they didn't, and then they don't. Yeah, yeah but I, but that's the thing is like, you know, you're used to watching. You know, after you've watched some of these portrayals enough times, you're like, here are the things that they do. Like, yeah, yeah. and and so here we go again. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But this show, yeah, it doesn't go. It doesn't go there. It doesn't do the, all of the things that you're afraid that it's going to do. Mm-hmm. I, like similarly, when um, you know he's in the teepee and his you know partners there and she turns over I was like oh god it's a naked 
native woman. Yeah. Like classic hypersexualized. They don't go there though. Nope. Like her, you know, all the other times that you see her, she's dressed like very modestly. She's not hypersexualized at all. And I kept expecting a lot of sexual violence in the show because yes. from what I hear that that's kind of like a thing. It's an HBO mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 And so I was kind of, I was just like, uh, but not, yeah, not, not yeah. great. I was disturbed by that scene though when, because uh, uh, when she was tied up and taken yes. on the horse um, because she also doesn't get a lot of dialogue. That's no. true. She gets a few lines. That's so yeah. true. She's, it's she's a symbol. His, it's all through his experience. Yeah, and he, she also doesn't get a say in whether she even wants to see this door that they're true. trying to go to. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like... To me, that's like a major decision that someone has to like stumble into themselves. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. even though it's like, I don't know. I think it's kind of like someone coming to the, their own journey in colonial, like figuring out about like coming to their own conclusions about colonialism and how colonialism affects them. Mm-hmm. It's like how how do you walk through that door of your own accord? Because if you're pushed and you're not ready, mm-hmm. then oh. what happens? Yeah, and this is the thing is. Um, you know, I, I read a lot of, sorry, I shouldn't say a lot, but I've like, from the stuff that I see, was seeing particularly on Twitter, everybody's like, oh, this is great. You know, the Native people have so much agency. They really make a lot of good decisions for themselves that like demonstrate that they're actors and not just being acted upon. Yeah. That's not the case for Kohana. Hmm. She no. doesn't get that. And at the end, it turns out it's not the case for him either. Hmm. He's being controlled. Hmm. Like maybe, maybe like he did have some agency before, but I don't know. It depends on how long she's been controlling them. Hmm. But she. Wait, uh, who's she? Uh, the, Maeve, the, the, yeah. the 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 daughter? No, the the mom. She's she's oh. controlling, and so she she reprograms him to like only care about protecting her daughter, mm. like as he's going on this journey. So how much agency does he have at that point? Mm. Like, but I mean that's not clear. I didn't I didn't get that reading from that at all. Like I just thought that they were talking to one another, and that she was maybe con- like because this is the thing, right? Is like I think we're reading it through this idea that changing code necessarily means. Because, like, the, the humans in it are assuming that he, she's implanting commands in them. Yeah. But he reprogrammed his own, what does he call it, his drive, his primary drive. Yeah, true. Right? And he talks about that. Mm-hmm. So, to me, when, like, when they're communicating with each other and she's maybe changing his code, maybe that means more of a persuasive thing. I hope so, because it would really suck for him to go through so much to sort of regain his consciousness and his will to have that then taken over. Yeah, I, I believe mean, it's kinship that he yeah, saw this yeah. last girl and he was like, okay, we're going to raise you as our own. Yeah. But it is true mm-hmm. that right before that happened, um, she was like, oh, she can change. One of the scientists was like, oh, Maeve can change people's directives. And then they use as a, a sort of, for the narrators to make that happen immediately afterwards, I guess they're trying to say that she was changing his directive at yeah. that moment. But she yeah. also, what it was interesting and makes me think it's more about kinship is that she repeats the, the line. The right, so it's that, reciprocal. It's reciprocal, yeah. 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 What is that line that she... Take, take my heart when you go. Aww. Which is what he says to Kohana. Yeah. 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 To make her remember that it's him. Yeah. yeah. What does she say back? Oh, um, oh yeah. yeah take my heart um, to replace it or take, something. Yeah, yeah, take mine in its place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he says as uh, she says about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I like that reading better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could also argue that, like, because Anthony Hopkins, like, later on he basically prophesies what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? So you could also argue that, like, that's a constraint on uh, mm-hmm. Aki's agency. And, you know, and this is the thing, right? Is like, as, particularly when it comes to colonialism, you know, and we talk about this a lot, you know, we have agency under the restrictive mm-hmm. structures of capitalism, colonialism, cesaro patriarchy, all of that. 
But it's it's always constrained. Yeah. Right? We can only ever make certain types of choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Which is part of the problem. This also makes me just think of like writing about native people in general and how it's always so hyper masky and how mm. there's still this thing we think that representation like we come to this like base level where we're just talking about warrior culture but mm-hmm. we never bring in the lives of like women outside of that outside of like them like tending hearth and home um, so like as you mentioned we totally lost Kohana's narrative and, yeah and yeah. the interesting part is there were women warriors in his yeah. little group mm-hmm. um yeah. But they they weren't the focus of the the, the episode, or yeah. and I think that would have been so much more interesting mm-hmm. if they had taken that. Like it's it's still a really great interesting episode. It is, yeah. But it would have been so much more interesting if it had been focused on a woman who was a warrior, yeah. Who they programmed to be more savage, right? Even yeah. like within the like with it like. But I wonder though, because like I wonder they probably almost wouldn't have been able to avoid sexualized violence then, right? Because like the whole point is. What, for what it sounds like is they're giving humans and it, like all the humans that we saw in this are like white white guys who are like in mm. this world um, opportunities to kill native people right so like part of me is glad they didn't go there but part of me is also like I was trying to see that narrative like if this had been a woman main character and you don't get those like as a as a trope this like going after your lost love like through any everything and anything, um, you know, risking death. Like I feel like that is such that. a typical narrative of like yeah. native centric films. It made me think yeah. of the Revenant in a weird way, which is so funny when the bear came in and you were well, like, I, mean, I was thinking Revenant like, bear. who is it? Like, um, I'm trying to remember that Greek myth, myth where he goes into oh, Persephone. Yeah, okay. no, not Persephone. Um, the lute player. Who's the like fancy lute player guy? I can't remember, but he goes into to find his lost love mm. and um, tries to get her back from death, and it doesn't work mm. out. Yeah, isn't she Persephone? Oh, I only remember no, 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 no. Orpheus. 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 Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, so, like, that's how I was seeing that. But you know, if, yeah. like, if it's a woman trying to do that, then she's just desperate, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your man doesn't want you yeah. anymore. Get over it. I like I like the the prophecy, the idea of prophecy throughout this because mm. there's a lot of that. Like, so. So that was kind of interesting because it's like, how do new ideas come into indigenous cultures? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so often it's through dreams or through yeah. prophecies or whatever. And then, but nobody ever really, you know, thinks about how that person may have been perceived mm-hmm. originally when they have that dream or whatever. Like, there's just this idea that like, you know, the second somebody has like a really intense prophetic dream that everybody's totally accepting of it. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. Yeah, but everyone's on board, yeah. Here he is. He's like, so they're, um, they're back at the, you know, they're back at camp in the nice, like pre totally savage camp where um, they're cutting meat and that symbol is in the meat he's like drawing the the symbol obsessively um the the his um, love interest her brother is like you know your 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 man's like out of it he's mm-hmm. obsessed what's going on uh he's got to stop this right um and so he says he hears a voice he's hearing a voice that's like telling him things mm. um and then we're back in a shop now there's like there's him and I think it's his brother-in-law. It's like another Indian yeah. dude, and it's there. There, these technicians are saying like Ford, Ford wants this new narrative, so this is where they decide to dehumanize them more, mm-hmm. um, make them more aggressive, and then we see them fighting and killing cowboys. So we come back to this particular scene a number of times. It happens over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yeah. So I, like I don't I, I'm assume, I don't know if they're humans or not. Anyway, mm-hmm. so again now him and his him and his dudes are all painted white, and they're killing off these. Uh, these cowboys and he says we had no masters no fear we ravaged our enemy er, enemies mm-hmm. and he's like this is the cool, kind of interesting thing about it is he doesn't really put a moral 
judgment on it. He's mm-hmm. like, I, he's never like, I didn't like that person. Yeah. Um, you know, I was horrified by what I'd become, blah, blah, blah. He's actually like, he's kind of into it. Yeah. He's which like, I, I liked, honestly, because uh, it doesn't prescribe like a specific type of morality onto the character. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're he's like, like sees it as a tool. Yeah. And he's programmed this way. It's like, there is like, can there be guilt when someone is programmed this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're fulfilling their programming. They're, yeah. Cause yeah. like, that's what is, what's wild to me about like bioengineering, like humans in like sci-fi and fantasy, like replicants, uh, in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, they're fulfilling their directives and it's like, how like where does sentience come into that? Mm. It's really, really, it's wild to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can even say that about humans, right? Like most humans have like a really intense drive to like procreate, you know, to eat, to sleep, to you know, like we also have directives, but they're just really naturalized. Mm. Um. Um. So then we see him. He's he's riding like it's sort of like in this desert area. He's on a horse in a dune, and he's talking about. So he, a lot of this is his narration. He's saying that he uh, he could sense other lives that he was they were forbidden from taking, and he calls mm-hmm. them the newcomers. Mm, and then yeah. he sees this naked man who's sitting in the sand against a tree, just muttering to himself. He realizes that he's gone he's he's gone kind of crazy from the heat. Um, and he says, "This is an illusion. This is all broken. There's got to be a way out. Where's the door? This is the wrong world." Yeah. And so it's, it seems to sort of implant this idea in Aki from there and on. Yeah. Uh, and he brings him a blanket, and he's like, "Your kind will come for you." Yeah. So he leaves them. Yeah. Uh, and um, then he goes. He goes back to his old community, but is now kind of a stranger within this community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you see all the same people, but it's clear that he doesn't have that relationship with him and that it's, like, very tense. Mm -hmm. Um, And he sees his former wife, and it's, like, he, upon, like, you know... His eyes fall upon her, basically, and suddenly he remembers. He remembers. Yeah, he he said like he at that point he was feeling more and more like he'd lived another life, mm-hmm. and it and this is also like so the narration that we're hearing is him still talking to this this little black girl, like yeah. he's telling her this story throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps this life was not my true life, this world not my true home, but she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see another you see another shot of him killing a lot of a lot of these white guys, which I'm for. I, yeah. I appreciate it that we <laughs> saw that over and over again. Yeah, I was like you can't have too much of that. Yeah. So he's about to cut a dude's throat, um, but then it's like you know the thought of her. You know, it almost like distracts him. He's kind of like, okay, yeah. I'm done with this now. Yeah, he's like, I've got another another mission. Or maybe it was like weird deja vu, right? He's like, I feel mm. like I've cut this throat before. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. I've cut this throat so many times. How many throats could I possibly cut? Um, so he decides that you know his mission is to uh, he wants to find this other world. Yeah, the door. In the wrong world. Yeah. He needs to find the door out. But he's uh, not going to leave without her. Not without my baby. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and so the way that he does that is he kidnaps her. Yes. Of course yes. he does. Yeah. Of course he does, because that's how Native Native men show their love. Is that? Great. Okay. Oh, yeah. I find it so interesting that after he kidnaps her, he washes the blood off of his face. Yeah. Like all the paint. Yeah, he, he washes all of the paint. Get, yeah, yeah he trying to get back to his old self. De-savagizing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, like he's, he's obviously trying to, like become himself again or mm-hmm. like this other version of himself again and maybe appear less savage but it also it's also like like because there is no morality right now in this universe it's like a really interesting metaphor for like um 
or it isn't a metaphor. It's just him like washing off blood from his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like there is no morality, but he's like, I like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking I assume about. that he was doing it to make himself more recognizable to her. Because her people were never like they never dressed up like or they didn't paint themselves like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, but I see what you're saying. Like it's like he's washing away that that other being as well like and he's washing away so at that point maybe he is like developing morality because now it's not the programming so like in revealing himself he's like revealing his heart oh my goodness (laughs) uh but but she's still super kidnapped yeah Yeah, she's super super kidnapped kidnapped. yeah like there's so many themes of heart in here like yes heart comes over yeah uh, again and again the heart yeah yeah uh so he, he's, like, talking to her. Um, yeah. So he, he cuts her hands free. She's freaked out, right, because he pulls a knife. Uh, and then he says her name. Yeah. Um, it's Koha or Kohana? Uh, Kohana. Kohana. Yeah, I've seen it. Kohana, uh, but I think it's Koha for short. Just like yeah. For short. Yeah. yeah. So so then he says to her, take my heart when you go, and that's when she's like, oh. Well, and, and first he, like, walks up to her real yeah. slow, kneels in front of her, grabs her hand. And touches his heart. And touches yeah. his heart with it, which, yeah. like, I was like... If a if a man that I did not know kidnapped me, <laughs> yeah. brought me up to the middle of nowhere with my hands tied, yeah. pulled a huge, like <laughs> giant knife, mm-hmm. and then made me touch his, I would be like, I don't, I don't, I don't even care if I did remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd still be like that was creepy. But no, <laughs> yeah. I'd be supposed to be like, wow, that's so romantic. Aren't, yeah, I guess. I like. If that, I mean, if that's the case, they really missed the mark. It's John Cusack mm. with a freaking boombox, man. Yeah, and, and the thing is, she also <laughs> creepiest. Yeah, and she can barely say anything about it either. Yeah. Right? Like what she, is she like gonna her say? Dialogue is so yeah. sparse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she does remember him, of course. Yeah. So he's telling Which means her that all of that previous stuff is fine. Yeah, totally and, and fine. suddenly, like she's resting her his uh, her head in his lap um, by the fire, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're just like reminiscing about the past. Mm. Yeah, and it, there's like zero discussion about the fact that he just like disappeared and um, became this other being yeah yeah and and that she became another being as well yeah yeah but maybe that's like I don't know maybe they they just want to sort of like chalk that up to Indian spirituality where you know because we're more like in tune with the spirit world that that kind of thing would be maybe less jarring yeah yeah it's or more like accepted because or more we're like so close to that something you can conceive of because a lot of stories do involve like trips between the spirit world and this world right that like and I actually did kind of like that 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 you know he keeps talking about being in a different world and everything and people aren't like horrified and like going crazy from the idea they're just like oh you know and even even later on um, Irene Bedard is, is the mother and she's talking about like you know that her people have stories about this and that right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like there's a narrative there um, to maybe help soften the psychological damage of this mm-hmm. a little bit that I think might not be there for other people that don't have these kind of narratives where those those worlds touch yeah of being like collected by mm-hmm. these people and I remember I correct me if I'm wrong but she says that um some people hope to be taken, mm-hmm. uh, and that, uh, and I, I know this from a friend who watches this show. But there is a uh, a scene where one of the native little girls has a doll in the shape of the people who come mm-hmm. and collect. Oh wow! The the like the robots yeah. and to fix them and to to like. Reprogram them. Dang, yes. I didn't even catch that. That's wild. Well, that wasn't in the episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, from, it's from another episode. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was there was also some cool transmission there because the old woman or the older woman from the community was like, "My peoples tell the story mm-hmm. of these people who come and snatch peoples from yeah. the communities." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So they're, okay, they're back in the lab. They're cutting, weirdly cutting into the neck of, of the mother. Yeah. That, I found that incredibly stressful. Yeah, it was. It was, re- yeah, you were like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I couldn't get, like, like, the history of sort of, like, medical experimentation mm-hmm. on black women. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't get that out of my mind yeah, watching yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah. and just the fact that they leave her there with, like, yeah. this huge open neck wound. Yeah, and, and this, she's like, alive. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, is they're conscious. Yeah, they're conscious like, or semi-conscious. Yeah. or But they're not moving. Yeah. Yeah, that it was, was super creepy. Messed up. I was like, I really hope the replicants win. Like, whatever happens. Just I hope the replicants win now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, they, oh, and, uh, they try to go back. So Aki and Koha try to go back, uh, to the place where this door was. Yeah. He had seen it. He'd gone really, really far and and saw this sort of like strange building Mm -hmm. and all this like, uh, machinery, but yeah, now they can't see it. Mm -hmm. And it's unclear why that is. Yeah. Maybe like whether they put up some kind of hologram disguise right. or whether they actually physically move whatever it is or yeah. if they implant some kind of command in them that they can't see it anymore. Uh, but in any case, the door disappears. Mm. So they decide that they're going to keep searching, mm. but then they're discovered again. Well, so he's he's off hunting and he comes back with a rabbit and a partridge and then mm-hmm. he sees their, their camp and there's a vehicle there with these two dudes in like hazmat things, I guess the guys who come and take. And they've got her, and she's, like, she looks like she's awake, but she's obviously, like, been turned off or something. Kind of catatonic. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, how'd you even get out this far? They're not supposed to be near this section. Um, And they're, they're like, that's behavior's problem. So, like, that was, that was, like, such a line for me. Like, that, that sort of, that disciplining, like, that's behavior's problem. Like, they'll take care of it. Like, they're going to make her complacent in the way that we need her to be again. But I just, I also just saw that as, it's not my problem. Like, their department's like, this is capitalism. Yeah, 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 bureaucracy. The bureaucracy will fix this. We just get them. (laughs) We'll fill out these forms in triple kid, and her behavior will change. And that comes up again when he actually, so this skips ahead, but when he goes to find her on the other side, and he dies, um, then the woman comes in and was like, oh, he hasn't been updated in ten years. And she's like, but I don't want to deal with it. Just mm-hmm. don't tell anyone. Keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Program him and put him back up. Yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. get caught yeah. for this, like, huge oversight. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so he goes back to the village um, hoping that they're going to send her home, right? Mm-hmm. She Just, like, because, you know, everybody gets this kind of happens, right? Yeah. He sneaks into the teepee again. Touches the woman, wakes her, and realizes that it's a different woman. <laughs> why would you think, like, number one, why would you think that's a good idea the first time? Yeah. The second time? Come it on, Because he got positive reinforcement. Yeah, exactly. Oh it worked God. the first time. You know? And she says the ghost was in her place. So I, I think it's interesting how he characterizes um, these these sort of replacements as ghosts. Or he talks about ghosts a lot. Yeah, ghosts yeah. come up a lot. Like, yeah. Uh, the little girl talks about ghosts. Yes. He talks about ghosts. I think Anthony Hopkins talks about yep. ghosts. And, yep. and they are the ghost nation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, you know, he says they took her from me again. Um, and then he tells the black girl, he's like, I had then I had to take a journey. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's he's back in that town searching. Like I think he's trying to like retrace his steps. Um, so where he'd first that town he walks into where everybody was dead, he's there again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's full of white people. Full of white people. They're alive. They're all this given time. the stink eye. Yeah. And he's like, there were days I had to fight for my life, uh, afraid that if I died, I would lose her memory. Um, and he keeps saying, so I, I figure out Kixia or Kixia or however, however you say it. K- 
Kiksaya. Um, it, the title of the of the show, I'm fairly certain, means memory, because every time he said memory, that was what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see the little black girl. Uh, he's, like, crawling along. He's obviously gravely wounded, and we see the little black girl, like, give him some water or something. Yeah. He's like, that's when I met you, you know, and you helped me. Yeah, on the darkest day, you helped me. Yeah. Um, and after that, he goes back to his community, and more of his family is gone, vanished, replaced. I was mm-hmm. no longer the only one who noticed. Right. Which is also sweet because I yeah. really, like, I think that that line means, like, to me, like, that, that the narrative mostly manages to avoid sort of the great yes. leader trope. Yes. yes. Yeah, he's the only visionary. He's the only one who could and see. And everybody's just going to follow him yeah. because he's so awesome, not because mm-hmm. they're also experiencing the same you know, issues yeah. and difficulties. It is kind of him going, only one going on these journeys too with his like warrior clan and um, like sp- spreading the gospel or the word of the symbol and like what he thinks the the outcome is or like yeah. how they he, he, yeah, definitely yeah, he at the beginning. The, yeah. yeah, he has the interpretation of it, of what's yeah. going on. But that changes but, later. Yeah, but I like how everybody, you know, when he goes back to the community, there are a lot more people who are like, something is really wrong yeah. here. Like, Especially the woman who he talks to. I don't understand who she, I don't, uh, Remember who she is. Mm-hmm. She seems to be kind of the community leader. The yeah. community leader. I feel like I feel like she's the. I feel like she was the mother. Mm. She's of, the mother. Oh, maybe the, of both of the, yeah, yeah, the wife and if that's her brother-in-law, yeah, yeah or his brother-in-law. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, and she yeah, so she seems to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And then he, he says to her, "I see you have a ghost now, um, of your own or whatever." Mm-hmm. And you know, her son's been replaced. And and uh, and she's like, oh, the ones from below. And that's where she starts talking about the story and stuff. So she has some sort of frame of reference. And she also um, honors the wrongness that she feels in herself, which mm-hmm. was great. Like, I like I like that not only did she, like, trust her own instincts about something being wrong, having somebody else saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is wrong. And then and then being like, okay, I have reference for this. There's a story. This is not just coming out of yeah. nowhere. And that also changes his perception of yes. this. Yes. Well, and all he, of a sudden, he's not, like, yeah, he's not alone. Well, he's not alone. But then also, like, he's like, oh, you know, there's stories. These stories have demonstrated to me that instead of searching everywhere in this world, I need to go into that other world by dying. Right. That's when he makes that choice. Yeah. Yeah. He lets. He goes back to that scene. That scene I love, where they're killing the cowboys, but this time he lets one stab him, and he wakes up in a lab. And imagine how fucking wild that would be. Mm -hmm. Like, but I mean, but if you think that you're going to a magical afterworld or like death you yeah, think you're yeah. going to just like the underworld yeah. like yeah. but that's and, what I mean and they like, make it look like the underworld yeah. aesthetically yeah. like yeah. everything's dark closed down yeah, underground windowless like, I have to go to the other side of death to mm-hmm. find her yeah. yeah yeah so he's going through his own little door yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, nice. brandy yeah. like that's where <laughs> that's where he finds the doors it's in him yeah, yeah. Right? So um, in his in his internal organs, so the tech, you know, so so it's pretty clear that he's conscious, but he's and they're not supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. But he's just yeah, he's, he's just like sitting overriding there. something. Yeah, he's supposed to be totally yeah. shut down. Mm-hmm. And the tech is like, it's him. Uh, Get you from the Ghost Nation. He's he's been noted a number of times before for aberrant behavior, which mm-hmm. if if anything describes native people. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's knocking over wine bottles. That's our aberrant behavior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is when we note that he hasn't been updated in a decade. So mm-hmm. you know, it seems it seems like these um, these robots 
it seems like they die a lot. Like, pretty much they're, the number one thing that happens to them is they get killed. Like that episode of Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. when they're all plugged into the holodecks mm-hmm. so that that alien race can basically use them to recreate Earth's major wars. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Messed up. Pretty awful. So yeah. they so they die often enough that they could just come in, you know, and, and, and update them and erase their memories. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. So they're like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love this because he plays them. He's yeah. sly. Yeah. Like, he, he demonstrates, I think, a lot of, like, like the capacity to, to think, think quickly, analytically, mm-hmm. um, to... You know, and to, to figure out kind of the best the best way forward, the best way to act in this like totally weird situation. Yeah. You know, that's going to be completely outside. You know, he doesn't panic. Yeah. He doesn't flip out. He doesn't let on at all. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't revert back to any of his previous programming where like either he's trying to be friendly with them or he attacks them. Right. Yeah. He just yeah. is like he plays the situation so well. True. And I love that Nirvana's heart shaped box. Yeah. yeah. The piano. The piano version. Oh the piano God. version. Yeah. The heart yeah. comes back. The heart comes back. Oh my God. Mm. So it's a four hour update. So these guys leave him. The second they, they leave, he gets up to start looking around. He goes into this huge room where there are all these naked people standing in, in like a group and they're all like turned off, right? Yeah. So he he finds her, he finds Quana. And Who is, then, can I just say yeah. I was like, oh, there's the, the naked native woman. Yeah. Mm. Like we but, but there was also like full frontal nudity of men in there too. Like they were yeah. all naked. Yeah. I was just like, we could have gone through yep. a whole episode. And like her, but the, you know, on the bright side, like her nudity wasn't like, I didn't think that it was a sexualized nudity. Yeah. Um, but it was still, still a naked yeah. native woman. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Totally yeah. not an agent, not in her body, able to be. Yeah. That was yeah. literally yeah, that was a robot. Thing. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Which I think was kind of part of the, the body horror that they were going for. Yeah. They were like the empty shell, mm-hmm. like no, no will, no capacity to, to act or react to anything. Mm-hmm. I know, but they, but. since they already write indigenous women like that into shows <laughs> all the time, yes. it's a little like, okay. Yeah. And after, yeah. And after yeah. that thing, like where she gets kidnapped and stuff, like the whole thing mm-hmm. is just an exercise in how she never really has agency. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's she just is a foil for his emotions, like every other you yes. know, portrayal that we see. Mm-hmm. And she's and she is a foil for his, his emotions because at that point he has his big revelation. He's it's like, yeah. this was the yeah. moment I saw beyond myself because he tries to wake her up and she doesn't respond. Yeah. My pain was selfish. It was never only mine. So he he's also sees beyond her uh, her brother and others who were replaced, mm-hmm. and he and he's thinking now about all the people who mourned them, even if they didn't know why. So now it's like it kind of shifts from him being like you know that soul warrior who has to lead everybody to being like okay, this is a communal pain. Yeah, the mm-hmm. personal like is political. Subver- the personal yeah. is political. Yeah, yeah. I had subversion. Yeah. yeah, I actually yeah I actually really like because also it like you know on a on a very superficial reading it's also like he basically goes from like sort of like you know navel gazy dude mm-hmm. to you know somebody who actually is able to think beyond his yeah. own yeah his own self right it's, it's like goes people code in here and when he goes back yeah. to the community he even says we are all bound together the living and the damned mm-hmm. yeah i just wish they could have done it not on the body of a native woman yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like maybe with a brother or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. they could have right. done, done it been that yeah. in so many other the ways the whole thing could have, about, could have been about him like seeking his brother or, yeah but or i mean but whatever. this is the thing right yeah. in in western and like white narrative forms it's, it's the, the love romantic interest. sexual yeah. love is the highest form of a relationship which is yeah really weird it is yeah yeah anyway 
Um, okay, so then he so he goes back to the camp and he brings Irene Bedard, her son's braid, yeah. to just like oh, prove God, that she yeah. did fine. And she just like collapses and weeps, and we're all like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're all <laughs> like, okay. I'm, I'm cool. I'm very cool, and I'm having indigestion right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, we're, we flashback. Okay, again, with Maeve on the table, bloody. I was getting really like annoyed by this constant. So she's just like throughout this. We keep coming back where she's under, mm. under like the sheet, and there's blood everywhere. She's obviously grievously, grievously wounded, and it's just like gross and gashy. And Did anyone else feel like there was sort of like a sacrificial version yes. of Mary yeah. thing going yes. on with her? Yeah, with yeah. all in white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There was there was a lot that wasn't great. Yeah, either. and uh, so. He's just like, the surgeon has just left her there. Uh, the white guy, who apparently is like the good white guy in the show, um, is like really mad. He's like, what? You said you'd save her. Like, you need to do this. She's special. You, I thought you recognized that. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it turns out that they've extracted what they believe is special about her. So the anonymous code. Mm-hmm. So her future in her own body and as herself is ambiguous because they feel like they've gotten use out of her. Yeah. So they don't necessarily need her anymore. And then he goes through the, you didn't, he's talking to her, you, you know, you you weren't meant for any of this. You don't deserve this. You deserve your daughter, da da da, and all this stuff. Like totally tear jerking. Mm-hmm. I honestly was kind of like, I was like, why does the white guy need to marry her? Experience? Like, yeah. to well, tell other white men how they should feel about this black woman character. Yeah, who <laughs> also does not have any dialogue other than a very few yes. lines. Oh my god, yeah, she's just there again. The body. Being, it's always yeah. men speaking over the women characters. Yeah, and describing yeah. their experience. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't like that white guy. I, I'm guessing he's going to be, like, the, like, bleeding heart white liberal yeah. who just, like, fucks everything up for everybody. But, like, <laughs> who knows? Drags in her corpse and yeah, yeah. bad guys. Um, uh, so yeah. then after that, he's uh, talking to the daughter again. He So he says <coughs> that he shares the symbol, yeah. that symbol with his own men. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when he starts the journey to go throughout the, these territories and to share the symbol with Yeah. Uh, and he shares it in part. Can we talk about this? Oh, this By is so carving gross. it in to their heads. Yeah, yeah. He, scalps, he scalps them and carves it into their heads. Yeah. Wait, but does he? Oh, no, he does because it's like a sawing motion. Yes, he scalps yeah. them and carves it in. Um, either, But also, like, good good uh, healthcare and, and medical situations there, uh, uh, Aki. Like, well, <laughs> later on, you actually see uh, Anthony Hopkins removing the scalp. And so, yeah. like, I don't understand he seems to carve the symbol into the scalp that's removed or if it like so grows back my, on what? my thought was that like maybe the sawing motion was he was cutting off the guy's hair mm-hmm. and then he like scarifies it in okay. so and then the hair Hopkins, back. when Anthony Hopkins scalped him you see it from the bottom oh, yeah. that was my initial thought but in any case like still that's a big that's a real big wound yeah um, yeah and, and that's not the first time that he scalps. The, the first time he uh, is in that battle with the white people, he scalps the guy. Oh, does he? I yeah, they don't, they don't show it, but he doesn't do it the other times, but he, he definitely scalps him the first time, and I was just, like, rolling my eyes. But then he was programmed to be real savage, so... Yeah, yeah, and that's what a white Anthony Hopkins version of savage is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, but I actually kind of liked it, because it also demonstrates, you know, that they're all, they're all taking it really seriously, and they all mm-hmm. reckon... Because I think, you know, one of the problems that we have right now is we recognize that there are various crises, mm-hmm. but for various reasons, we feel like we can't act, we can't take it as seriously as it should be taken. Yeah. We can't necessarily risk ourselves in specific ways, but it's, I liked it because these folks are like, this is so bad that like we could lose our memories at any second. I love what this. we won't lose is our bodies this unless is the one we're thing... taken out. So we're going to scarify this shit into yeah. our heads. Yeah. This is the one thing I loved was that he was 
So I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be divergent from your community when things are wrong within your community. And he says, my one, my original drive was to honor my tribe, but now my new drive was to spread the truth. So he mm-hmm. superseded uh, the uh, ascribed needs of his communities because he knew that there was a better, a greater good. And it made me think about work around misogyny that's happening right now and, like, Indian thought. And I know mm-hmm. I'm, like, totally just, like, replacing my yeah. own experience. So. No, it's, like, stirring the pot, right? Yeah. Like, you need to be okay with stirring the pot and, yeah. like, going against sort of, like, common wisdom. Mm. Which is, you know, we I think about that a lot with what we do, and I think we've been talking about it a little bit, like... It used to be that you see an indigenous person on film, and it didn't matter what they were doing. You're like, it's a native! Like, there we are! Like, this is amazing! Yeah. You know, we've gotten to the point now where we can push further, yeah. right? And I yeah. think, you know, a lot of what this narrative is, is like, it doesn't matter how good things are. It doesn't matter how natural things feel. Mm-hmm. You can push it. You can, like, keep going. You can keep We can ask change. for more. Yeah. Yeah. I like, okay, so with the whole scarification thing, mm. it made me actually think about the tattooing resurgence. Mm. So this idea that, like, they were unwilling to lose, like, if they, whatever they can maintain of themselves, even if their memories were taken, there would still be, like, a physical remnant that would remind them in some way. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like the sort of the tattooing resurgence, particularly facial tattoos, is really something that is also doing something similar. Mm. It's like, a lot has been taken and has compromised, like, our identities, but this is, like, one way that we're going to make sure that, you know, our descendants will, like, look at those things and be like, what was up there? You know, like, it's, yeah. it's a way of, like, like permanently marking that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, he's talking about how he's been watching this, this family for a long mm-hmm. time. It doesn't really explain why. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that uh, the girl and her mother live isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, away from sort of, like, urban centers and uh, other other communities. That, that was the impression that I got. There's like their homesteading in the middle of nowhere or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could just be that he saw them there. But it also could be because she, you know, it's, it seems like the her capacity to give commands or whatever mm-hmm. to be persuasive is kind of unconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be that she was just sending out commands for people to be around to protect right. her and her daughter. Because hmm. oh, she, yeah. like, because it's clear that yeah. she doesn't know what his intentions are when he comes mm-hmm. around. She's really afraid of him and yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. He keeps leaving the symbol like yeah. outside their door and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it could also just be that he like sees them there alone and is like, you know, these folks should be part of our community. We can bring them into the community. Yeah. They should know about this. So then it also turns out that Ed Harris was also watching them, and mm-hmm. he, we see sort of this weird sequence where I think he, he shoots the daughter, and then her, because she, she comes out, she stumbles out with a figure, like a figure wrapped in, in cloth in her arms, and then she oh. collapses into the symbol. Except that the daughter seems fine. Well, I know, but maybe did they replace her? I don't know, because she did. She was carrying Yeah, somebody. I just thought that she was carrying the daughter out of there. Like, yeah. Because you don't see her get hurt. Yeah. And you don't see her have blood on her or anything. It's always mm-hmm. just the mom. No, but there's that whole, you keep seeing this one flash of her screaming no and him pointing the gun. It looks like it's pointing at the daughter. Oh, yeah, maybe she maybe she jumps in front. Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. what's it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then he says, like, years pass. Mm. Yeah, and our, our numbers grew right. and we were waking up. Yeah, it's, it's really unclear what the timeline is, yeah. which is kind of, I actually thought it was kind of cool, right? Because mm. when you when you go through, you know, you, when, you, when you're looking back in memory, like, you, you know, you never really, yeah. like, a lot of time it can be pretty unclear when yeah. things happen. And, you know, you get into arguments about that all the time, you know. That's true. Was this at my, you know, 15th birthday mm. or my 13th birthday or mm. But I know, also think, else. I also wonder if all of this was happening, you know, like, 
at the same time as everything else that's going on in Westworld. Like, so mm. it's spanning mm. all this time. This is going on in the background the whole time, which mm. if you've been watching the series for a while, probably, you know, maybe some things are clicking into place. Right. There might've been some weird behavior from mm. the ghost nation that like, they just sort of hinted at before, but now it's like, Oh, here's the right. backstory here's the to story that. Of, yeah. Maybe like, cause it, cause it, it's significant. Like I'm thinking at least 20 years going by, mm-hmm. um, possibly more. Mm-hmm. And then he, he talks about, he finally met the man who put us asleep in the first place. Mm. Oh, this is the weird scene. This yes. scene is super weird. So it's a bunch of, it looks like a museum. Yes. Diorama. Exactly. With Especially like, with the lights. Yeah. There's like weird, yeah, there's like stage night lights and stage like lights. lights illuminating things. This huge, like revenant sized bear <laughs> on its hind legs. Absurdly huge bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all these savages with, with uh, spears. spears. Yeah. And it, it looks like every picture that you see of like Neolithic people yep. hunting a mammoth. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know? Mm. Uh, and so he, he sees it and they're all frozen. Yeah. They're not moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aki walks up and he walks around to see the only person that's moving is this white guy in a suit scalping these dudes. Yeah, he's like sitting in a, in a, in a, on a little stool yeah. scalping these guys. And, and he pulls up the scalp and there you see the symbol on the, on the scalp. Yeah, so he's, he's trying to, he's removing the evidence. Yeah. Uh, and he it's calls my it understanding a, that he's the maker. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's what I understand too. Yeah, uh, and he calls it a misbegotten symbol that was meant to die. So it's clearly, like, actually a subversive... It has some kind of subversive power. Or it's come up before, yeah. Well, I was wondering, because Anthony Hopkins uses, like, a verbal cue that sort of forces Aki to respond to him. So I'm wondering if maybe that symbol is, like, a visual... Like, similarly a visual cue. Hmm. Interesting. Um, And then he goes, I first saw it when the Deathbringer killed the creator, but I thought he was the creator. Maybe he's just... Yeah, I thought he was the creator as well. Mm. Maybe he's, like, stepped into the role. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then, so that's when Aki says, you know, I gave my, I gave myself a new drive, um, and I and I understand that there isn't one world but many, and we live in the wrong one. And he talks mm-hmm. about that wrongness a lot. Yeah. And I really like that because that's colonialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like that we're living in the wrong world. This mm-hmm. is not the world that we're supposed to live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like and like that was super sci-fi too, right? Because yeah. like, it also brings in, you know, sort of this oh my god scientific and like metaphysical understanding of things like Multiple you know multiverses. Multiple Dimensions, yeah. multiple universes, yeah. um, you know, and also like the idea that you can have like far-reaching change over your environment. Yeah, which I think is like part of what he's going. Like he wants to escape the world, but in doing so, is affecting like profound change on it, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. True say. <laughs> uh, and then Anthony Hopkins gives like a prophecy mm-hmm. yeah when the Deathbringer returns for me you'll know gather your people and lead them to a new world so keep watching that's gonna happen mm. which so is weird yeah cause you don't like I was wondering maybe if Anth- like maybe Anthony Hopkins is actually a good guy like, like maybe benevolent. he's somebody well I was thinking maybe he's somebody who has to do a job mm-hmm. but is working sort of behind the scenes to support this liberation mm. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. Perhaps, mayhaps. That's that's where every white liberal wants to be. <laughs> well, I'm just doing this horrible shit. Because it true. seems to be that. Well, uh, well, it seems to be like you also have the like bleeding heart liberal, yeah. and, like you know, wham wham wham. Um, <laughs> so it seems to be like the ranks are divided among the humans too yeah. about like what needs to be done. It's true. Uh, so, but I, I I found it so 
surreal that it was like a legit prophecy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, although, then, was he just talking like that? Because that's how Indians understand things. Like, maybe reconciliation would happen if Trudeau would just prophesy it. <laughs> yeah, talk away. Yeah, yeah. Put some tobacco on it. Right? Just throw some tobacco on it. Just, I don't know. Um, so then he, Aki says, the Deathbringer returned. Um, so he walks back into that town again. Everyone's dead again, but this is not a flashback to that first time because this time there's some differences. There's tables. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's definitely different. And we see Anthony Hopkins is dead. Super yeah. dead. Yeah. Super dead. Yeah. Um, and now it's time to find the door before the Deathbringer ends us all. That's what he's telling the, the black girl. Yeah. And so then it, uh, like, you're in the present time in the community uh, a woman rocks up on a horse. A white woman. Horse in tar- yeah, yeah. Another horse, horse in tow. But she's speaking Lakota. Yeah, yeah. And that's why at first what I was like... Concept, right? uh, yeah, <laughs> white people speaking our languages? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Shocking. And so it's, it's kind of... <laughs> Um, suggested that Ed Harris is the Deathbringer, but we were never yeah. entirely sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident that he is the Deathbringer. Yeah, she's like, he's my father. Um, and then Aki says, you know, so you know what his sickness and what he's done to spread it, which I don't know what he's done to spread it. So yeah, uh, and, she, and she's like, why do you want to heal him then? And he's like, I just want him to hurt. And she says, I want the same, uh, but my way is gonna be worse. Ooh. Like, I bet Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Um, <laughs> I bet it's going to involve like judicial action on the outside world, oh, probably. probably. Yeah, or torture. I mean, come on, maybe. You know, who knows? Who hasn't tortured their dads? <laughs> <laughs> so they load him up on a horse and let him go. And he says to the black girl, uh, "I've always kept you safe. I always will, but I couldn't help you." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, um, unclear, unclear, unclear. And then we're back to Maeve on the table. Uh, Tessa Thompson walks in. We're all like, woo! But she's like a baddie. Yeah. Yeah, she's mean. Still hot, though. And they're talking about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. hotter, to be yeah. honest. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You can be bad to me. <laughs> so they're talking about how um, the the hosts or the robots are able to pass basic um, uh, data to one another, but mm. may, what if they could also pass commands? And that seems to be what's going on um, with with Maeve. Yeah. And this guy's saying, nobody's been able to regain admin, admin access, so I guess since this attack that happened that we don't know about, mm-hmm. uh, except for her, she was controlling them, and, and then Tessa's like, and she's still doing it. Mm. Uh, who's she talking to? <laughs> and then we see Aki speaking to directly to the camera, but he's obviously communicating with Maeve, and he's like, uh, you know, we'll guard your daughter as our own. Uh, you know, if you if you survive this, you know, come and find us, and if you don't, like, have a good death, basically, like, the most Indian thing to say ever. Yeah, yeah. Also Klingon. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and then she says, she says to him, in Lakota, take my heart when you go. And I just have, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then yeah. that's the end. That's the end. And yeah. then I cried a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There was much crying and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Pulling of hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And rending, rending of clothing. Of clothing. <laughs> and also putting of ashes all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I also put a little tobacco on Justin Trudeau so he could tell me how I'd feel in a couple days. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> wow. That was a lot. That was, was a lot. There was a lot. There a lot happened in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And lot. obviously, I mean, that's what we were able to unpack not having any other context. Yeah. Really, than the very basic idea of what Westworld is. Yeah. For me, this really brought up the difference between representation and inclusion, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to writers' rooms. 
um, because there were a lot of narratives that just felt very tired and like tropey in terms of indigenous peoples and um, I see there's a movement in writing to create more inclusive narratives of indigenous um, thought including Lakotawin but then still without even it seemed almost unintentional but it was still falling back on these tropes of like minimizing the voices of women yep mm, well that was yeah. yeah I read um, Adam Godry's Twitter thread about this episode and he he really praises the fact that like you know white people like white people can um, write native people but they choose not to uh, which like yes but like I wonder whether white people are like could, yeah I wonder whether white people could write indigenous women listen uh, I'm not saying it can't happen but it has to happen so carefully and with so much consultation and then you need to be responsible to those communities that you're writing about because I can't say that it isn't happening <laughs> like I can't think of any of any good examples out there I have not seen it done of white well. people doing like, yeah. I mean there are barely any examples at all yeah. even the yeah. terrible ones yeah. Yeah. right like there's so few We've seen it, what, like, three times tops out yeah. of 40 episodes? And the thing that's so frustrating about that, too, is when settlers are writing those narratives, they get so much more acclaim just for doing oh, these, for brave, sure. these brave mm. undertakings. That yeah, it's brave to doing. write about the other, but it's never brave yeah. to write about yourself. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, like, you know, on the bright side, right, like, it's a show that's full of, like, native actors. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who we haven't seen before, too, which is always awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's not the same, like half dozen crew true although there were a lot of like well-known people there but that's probably intentional as well there were a few like definitely cameos like obviously ed harris the anthony hawkins thing yeah um no i mean the native actors like mm. bedard uh and zane yeah i can't remember his last name but yeah yeah but i mean even like you know that's two out of what like maybe 20 yeah. 20 different people that's a, that's really good honestly mm. for for a television show in particular mm. um so like that was that was good i'm glad that those folks are getting work yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah um and getting getting out there and getting their names out there a little bit because mm. you know compared to like a lot of stuff that we've seen and especially a lot of new stuff i actually thought this did pretty well mm. also there was a lot of there there was a lot of the language in there yeah. and although it was one actor who was speaking most of it it still would have been a lot of work Whoever they got in there to to do the dialogue work, the the translation, um, you know, and the coaching, it, you know, I'm 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 I don't know if the actor is fluent, but I'm assuming like most of us, he's not. So that mm-hmm. that a lot more work probably had to go into that just to make sure that the the language uh, was done right, mm-hmm. and probably took way more time to film this because of that than probably yeah. other shows that they've done. Right? Yeah, and and the thing is, that's great about something like that too is. You know, there's like the whole history of, of people playing a bit with the language and um, being able to sort of insert their own perspectives yeah. and their own agency yeah. through the use of language and through that translation work. So, like, yeah, exactly. And just, maybe it's Easter eggs. I'm, I'm but. just uncomfortable with like I really hope that that was done with a lot of like with a lot of consultation because mm. the script was probably still written in English. For sure, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was a tra- it was a translation. Yeah, yeah, of a lot of things. But hopefully, I mean, I think. I, I peeped really quickly in the credits. It looked like they had at least four consultants. So, you know, it wasn't just, like, the one person, right? Yeah, so yeah. hopefully among them, they, they came up, you know, there were some disagreements about, like, what they, what words they used and what, you know. And there would be a lot of nuance there that we wouldn't get having it translated into English for mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, because that's the thing, too, and I, I feel so terrible because I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but somebody who watches Westworld was uh, telling me that one of the things that they have issues with is that because these are all, you know, artificial intelligences that are programmed to have specific type of language patterns, uh, it means that the dialogue can be kind of sometimes stilted, Stilted, stereotypical, uh, and that kind of thing. So I also wonder, you know, 
because the dialogue that's that's being used by this character, you know, it did the job. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't go, you know, there's no Tonto speak, anything, <laughs> you know, like that, even when he's speaking English. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he sounds intelligent, considered, analytical, um, like a human being. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder what that translated into in the language if it if it actually like really busted out of out of those tropes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's hard to say and that's true yeah i don't speak lakota so yeah um okay so maybe we could wrap up with some ideas after we with our rating so what are we rating it out of it was uh what was it more tv oh, shows about indigenous people in the language it's about time shows were shot in indigenous languages yeah so we're gonna okay. rate it out of it's about time shows were shot in indigenous languages okay so that's out of five right one it's about time shows were shot in indigenous languages is you hated it it was terrible you want to throw it in the garbage light that garbage on fire roll that garbage fire down a hill into a dumpster that is then hit by a semi yeah and also (laughs) it's that garbage semi that's also on fire that goes into a canyon (laughs) yeah and the canyon is covered in the bottom with lava okay and it melts but also explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but in like a purifying way. And, and so like even though it was fiery garbage, right. it smells like beautiful it's, roses. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, five. Uh, hold on, let me look at this. Uh, here, where do we go? Uh, five, it's about time. Shows were shot in indigenous languages. Means that it was amazing. Maybe you wouldn't, maybe not so good that you can show it to your cook but like really, really freaking awesome. You'd love it. You're going to tell everybody to watch it. Mm. So, Lindsay, how many It's About Time shows were shot in indigenous languages would you give this one? Um, I'm going to say three because there was some good stuff there. There was some Okodum vibes. I definitely got some tears in my eyes a few times. But being a native person who forever has been watching these sort of um, episodes and movies with hope, I think I'm a little jaded. And I just also, I want more. I want more. I want more meaningful representations of native women and native two-spirit people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real. Chelsea? Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, I think that the way that I, I rate shows has definitely changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, we were, at first we were just, like, so happy to see anybody that we're like, we're going to give this, like, a four because there was a native person in it who had, like, three lines. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to say this is this was a 4.5. It's about time shows were shot in indigenous languages mm-hmm. because it was shot in an indigenous language. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that is not something that we have seen yet. True. Um, like I'm thinking, so I made kind of a little list of things that like shows that I've seen. So we have um, the like Arikara in uh, The Revenant, which mm-hmm. is mostly spoken by a white guy. Yeah. Uh, lots of Lakota, mm-hmm. right? So dances with wolves, like during that sort of kind of like uh, Western Renaissance in the '90s, lots of Lakota. Um, some Cree we've seen in uh, what's with Jason Momoa. Oh, uh, Frontier? Right. Also, Frontier. Deadman has... Deadman has, like, a few different That's, indigenous languages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Cree's out there a bit. Uh, and Nuktitut, but only because, like, that was shot by, like, Inuit director yeah. in a community. Yeah. Uh, and then not, like, much else. Like, a few, like, mangled words here and here or there. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that they, like, they didn't just do one or two phrases here, uh, or just a few scenes, but, like, the whole thing was narrated in Lakota, to me, was, like, super... I, well, I'm, like, a, I'm really big on language, so that was, like really meaningful to me and um despite all of its flaws you know i i choose to read it in ways that hopefully where like the the women in 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 this show would be more empowered like um talking about community rather than the sole warrior hero um you know the the place of prophecy the place of um that idea of we're in the wrong world i really liked those things because i think that we can use those to speak back against colonialism even if that wasn't necessarily how they were written in um 
and and honestly because like uh, instead of like instead of rating four i'm kind of rating like in 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 uh like happiness that they didn't go there. There wasn't the sexual violence. There was a moment when they were both standing on the edge of a cliff, looking at where that thing, that that sort of that spot, the door had been, that and it wasn't there anymore. That I, I thought they were gonna like throw themselves off the cliff. Mm-hmm. That that was the way they were gonna open the door. And I was like, don't do it. That would be so yeah. boring. And they didn't. So I was very happy. So yeah, four point five. Mm-hmm. Brandy. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Similar to Lindsay, I have the same problems with it. Like, I wish there was more agency um, for the the characters who are women in the show. Um, I just... But I also really, really enjoy these narratives of, like... Um, like robots and like what is sentience and like how people come to like their own sentience or how like robots come to their own sentience, not people. Um, but who knows? Maybe they are people. Whoa. Yeah, there was Whoa. there was definitely some question. Like, yeah, it makes you question like what is the nature of humanity? Yeah, like and I mean like so sentience and sapience, right? So like understand like having sentience is like being self-aware but sapience is that like little extra spark of intelligence that like sort of supposedly sets humans apart from animals which i think is crap but whatever yeah this, this is the thing right it's like white people are just gonna yeah. keep it's they're just moving the yeah they'll just move the goalposts yeah. yeah so like even if these even if these robots you know develop what they recognize as sapience they're like yeah but they're not human still because da 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 and you can still harm them yeah yeah exactly and i really really do enjoy those narratives mm-hmm. and like like blade runner is my favorite movie even though it's so problematic there's like tons of shit in it that's awful. Um, so yeah, 3.5. It's like the thing, um, you know, we we're talking to someone recently who was talking about like fandom, indigenous fandom as being like, you know, enjoying things despite the fact that like sometimes they harm you and, you know, you kind of like, it's, it's like in spite of, right? So the ways that sometimes we try to like rethink what we've watched to make it fit better for us even if that's not like canon or mm-hmm. you know and I and I do that a lot because it's just like the the pickings are slim so mm-hmm. I'm trying to maintain that like that hopefulness um because otherwise by now watching so much shit I would just be like that's it I'm done yeah. I can't yeah. watch sci-fi anymore <laughs> yeah but I want to I think I'm gonna give it a four it's about time shows were shot in indigenous languages Ziz. um <laughs> and I think similar to Chelsea uh, this rating comes out of a lot of uh, all the bullshit that we've seen. Mm. Um, it's refreshing to... It's almost like the lack is refreshing. Mm. You know, like, and especially, like, the lack of sexual violence, yeah. mm. the lack of hypersexualization of Indigenous women, the lack of a white man needing to become more Indian than the Indians. Or saving them. Oh yeah, God. the lack of flutes. You know, like... <laughs> And there were no, there was no drumming, there was yeah. no dancing, there was yeah. none of that performative indigeneity You're that right. white people really love. Oh yeah, they really do. Uh, which I, you know, and you know, obviously, like we all like love powwows. We all love, you know, all of the stuff that we do and make, and the ways that we are big visually and materially indicate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But like, I love that they didn't have to do any of that, like, um, to have an authentic indigenous community. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they base it in relationships. They don't base it in uh, performativity, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the reason that it doesn't get a full five, honestly, I was originally going to go lower, um, <laughs> but I want to I wanna give credit where credit's due, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that they did 
quite a bit that's right. Mm. Um, I agree uh, with everybody that, like, you know, it's it's goddamn the year of our Lord Satan, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> like, give Native women some fucking personality, yes. please. Yes. God almighty. Like, you've obviously never met a Native woman if you think she's going to be quiet right. like that. Yeah, right? Like, we know, like, we know somewhat. We know most personality. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. women from the prairies, oh, like, we God. don't shut up. Um, like, are you listening to us right now? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm sure we've gone, like, two hours in. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, and, and, like, that that honestly was the, the thing that stuck out for me the most was, was how it's still very mm-hmm. much... It's a man's world. It's a man's narrative. They are not ready for us. And that is bullshit because get ready. Just like (laughs) suck it up. Yeah. Get ready. Stay ready. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four. I love that it was in the language. I thought that was like, it's really important. Such an important intervention to make. And I also loved that the little girl could understand him in the language. Because I think one of the things that is such BS about sort of the narrative around indigenous languages is that. You know they're they're niche. Like people don't have to know them. They're not yeah, yeah. you know lingua franca anywhere. Like da da da. But it, apparently Lakota is kind of a, a lingua franca mm-hmm. in this show, right? Like lots of different people speak it, and the person that doesn't speak it is seen as evil, bad, backwards. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that <laughs> um, I thought you know I thought the actors did an amazing job with what mm-hmm. they were given. Uh, I thought that uh, the love story, you know, as sort of stereotypical and I, I think honestly kind of like pretty white as it was um, was done sensitively and really well uh, outside of the fucking kidnapping mm-hmm. scene um, and you know like I just loved that it was like it was about emotion like there was action there was like the warrior thing and all of that but it was very much you know it was about relationality as Lindsay said it was about what coach win and it was about developing a resistance yeah. which I loved within yeah. You know, within a system that constrained Indigenous agency, but they're still able to resist, and they yeah, still are resisting in the ways that make sense for them to do so, mm-hmm. in, in that are like intelligent, mm-hmm. uh, that are considered, that are you know widely. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so right. yeah, I'm gonna give it a, a four and five. Sweet. Well, thank you to our guests and mm-hmm. thank you to our listeners for joining us here on Otem Suasquewa Kitsagiskok Metis in space, 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 space. Oh, I'm so sweet, 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 I'm so sweet,